1: Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fuller and I am joined by Joel Sked. Hello. In person as well. In person. Always a good. B- a very sweaty Joel Sked. <laughs> a very sweaty. I've decided to, to run here and it's just dripping across from me. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll wipe down the equipment, don't worry, for those, <laughs> for those who are uh, coming on next.
1: <laughs> wiped down Tony's entire spare room. Yes. <laughs> right, we are going to just talk through the midweek fixtures and we'll begin... Um, with the game at Celtic Park. Celtic, absolutely. I was thinking about starting with a, a game that. I was thinking about starting with another game, and then I thought that's just too contrarian even for us uh, to go against the kind of grade in terms of the old form focus in Scottish football. This was definitely the most kind of eye catching result of the midweek. Uh, the, there was another one that was very eye catching, we'll get to that soon enough. But yeah, let's start at Celtic Park, where Celtic just absolutely blitz Rangers in the first half 3-0 up at half-time it wasn't even undeserved they sco- scored a couple of late goals before half-time but they deserved to be 3-0 up anyway they missed, a, I think it was just Jack Atkus had all the, the chances that they missed earlier and that was just enough to carry them to victory because even though Celtic done their usual kind of tiring a little bit in the second half um, you could say it was tiring, you could also say that the job was done they didn't have to do anything, especially since throughout the entire game Rangers were pish
0: Yeah, so... <sighs> going back to your first point of being, about being contrarian I really don't think he can just because I think it will come back to be potentially one of the most defining performances results yes performances certainly in uh, the four, first 40 minutes especially of this season, and potentially Postecoglou's reign because you know when a manager leaves typically you'll get asked to do, uh, uh, one of us would have got asked to do a piece on like the um, one of the like the most important matches or the biggest matches, the most defining moments of his tenure, and I think certainly that 's the one that you've probably. Almost been waiting for because they threatened to give teams, and they, they have, they've given a few teams a doing, but um, given... There hasn't uh, been any since August, really. No, like giving uh, Dundee or St Mirren a doing is completely different to giving Rangers a doing, um, which which they did. Again, it was, it was a 45 minutes game. The second half was not a non-event, but you can understand Celtic did all the work they needed to in the first half. We've seen it so many times that... Teams like Hearts uh, the other week could uh, stayed in the game just because Celtic didn't finish them off. They finished Rangers off. Rangers were uh, pretty demoralised. It allowed them to, after the, uh, the halftime loved them to kind of just sit in and contain. And Rangers a mixture of that and Ryan Jack coming on looked a bit better, but. There was at no point you think, oh, this this game's in doubt. Like, this game this game could turn around, sorry. This game yeah. could turn around. Rangers are going to score and make it difficult for Celtic. You never got that feeling, which is, from a Rangers point of view, probably a, a very worrying aspect. But uh, f- for Celtic, I do think that is that is a result in performance that um, is almost a catalyst for um, to go on and essentially win the league. Because you look at they've still got Tom Rogic to come back, you've still got Kyogo to come back, and uh, Mayeda started on the bench. There's probably uh, one or two others on oh, David Turnbull um, that, I'm, that I'm forgetting and you're you're looking at it the way when especially we've gone up to five subs they can change Most, well, Postacoglu could uh, conceivably just go right uh, we've absolutely smashed this team in the first half let's make five changes and do it again and it will uh, pre- preserve energy levels.
1: It also helps in the games as well where they're sh- they're struggling. The, the games like yeah. previous that they can bring on the five changes as well because they play at a very high tempo and the subs will allow them to stay at that high tempo because you're you're you are changing half of your outfield site.
0: and the subs now are bringing on maybe bring bringing on maybe Tom Robertshire, or O'Reilly rather than New Henderson or Mikey Johnson or Mikey Johnson. Yeah. So um, the quality levels, the, the windows that have uh, the windows. That they've, uh, Apostle has had. He's two windows. I still think he'll be thinking, looking maybe one or two more before it's like his proper squad. But in those two windows, I know the January window is very, um, uh, very little evidence at at the moment, but the evidence we have got, the two windows would be absolutely brilliant in terms of the
1: the, the talent they brought in. It's unreal. Rio Hatate. I mean, I think until. I mean, his injury problems might have kept him out of contention for this, but until recently, you kind of thought of Kyogo as the sign of the season. And now he's maybe already been usurped after four games by his teammate. Yeah. And good fellow countryman. Yeah, the most worrying aspect is Postacoglu coming out and saying,
0: he's not that fit. And he's just, it like, he was everywhere. It's, <laughs> he just struck me as the type of player that, um, when you play at fives, that he's just, just doesn't give you a moment's, a moments peace. Because I think there was one moment in the first half where uh, Celtic had the corner, then Rangers had a dangerous break, and it was him. Racing back, and I don't know if he made that interception, a challenge, or a clearance. But he just has, his talent on he's, he's all round talent. Uh, I can I can now see why they played. He'd be played at left back. He played at right back. He played as an attacking midfielder. Because you always you do uh, wonders. Like mm, that's that that's very curious. Not many t- uh, players can do it, but I can understand why Hitati can do it. And what I really like about him is that he will make mistakes. Is then he will lose the ball because he'll mm-hmm. try and play progressive passes or really look to try and thread the needle but it doesn't work you'll just get it again you'll win it back and then do
1: it again but actually be be decisive yeah two goals from outside they scored three goals so far all of them have been from outside the box and then yeah, delivers across for Obada to score as well, and he was just incredible in that first half. If you say it was incredible, Hearts the week before, I thought it was incredible against Hibs uh, before he and he tired. I can see what post called the moons because yeah, yeah, and every game I think he dropped off quite significantly in the second half where he's obviously just he just not got those minutes in those legs so. Yeah, it's a bit scary because he's soon going to be doing it for 90 like minutes. Now now if you can keep him quiet for like 60, you might have a chance, but in, in, in like a month or so's time, that's not going to be an option. Yeah, yeah, but you, you do, just before we move on, you do have to wonder, what the fuck
0: are scouts doing not looking at the J-League more?
1: <laughs> I <laughs> think <laughs> this is maybe going to start
0: a trend. <laughs> yeah it's un-
1: incredible it's like ah J- Japan nah, they're, all, they're all shit and it just turns out they're absolutely class and I think it shows that Andrew Post Colby was right to give uh, Chris McLaughlin an icy stare and uh, dismiss his question when he asked him like, about the step up uh, to the Scottish football kind of thing from the J League so just on that I remember speaking to uh, speaking to Paris because I looked at the, the the boy Hearts
0: were linked with and so just watching clips and watched a few clips of the, the, the Celtic boys coming in as well um, and and I was saying, I was like, the A League looks amazing. Just like, uh, like the the atmosphere, the color, the way the teams play, just the, the, the nature of the players. They they play with just this, this verve, and I thought it just it might just be because, um, it, it just because that environment that just it makes it makes it look better. But no,
1: I think the, it just really is a, a good league. Check there's marks in in Japan who are constantly on Twitter moaning about how the J League isn't isn't sold well enough to foreign countries. But uh, yes, potentially. <laughs> Mentioned mentioned this uh, about Japanese uh, Japanese
0: abroad, and they just wanted all these all the Japanese players. Well, they they love doing that anyway, like
1: uh, the Japanese media do. Like we saw it with Nakamura was was here. You would always get somebody at the game, and I noticed there was. There was a, a Japanese journalist at the Hearts game as well. Uh, there was somebody in the press, in the press room. So, after I mean, they've done the, him and Hattari done the bow to each other oh, really? and stuff. It was quite cool. Uh, when I mean, when Machina was at Hearts, there was, uh, at, oh, there yeah, was at first there was like three.
0: Uh, there was three journalists, uh, and then when they realised mm, probably isn't that good, <laughs> and the Hearts are rubbish, <laughs> and were, well, it's like, no, we'll just stop going. I don't know this push. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you could you could go through. It. Could go through the Celtic. You could go through this whole Celtic team. Uh, Michael Cox I don't know if you you saw he did an article on the game um, for the Athletic and he compared them to I think he compared them to Sheffield United uh, Leeds (laughs) uh, but in a good way Leeds United and uh, but Atlanta as well he's doing that to, uh, to give a bridge to his audience yes yeah exactly so and you just talked about the rotations of the the players on either side. So we've mentioned mentioned Hittate, um You mentioned the and like the fullbacks as well.
1: Juranovic was outstanding.
0: So yeah, you're watching your Juranovic. You're just like he's so good. I've noticed it when. When we did the podcast, like he's, he's just such a fun right back to watch. I've been quite um, praiseworthy of Anthony Ralston. He's had a very good season, mm-hmm. much better than everyone expected. But then Juranic plays, and he just he is—he's not level above. He is so so far above. He is so quick. He's so intelligent. He's so um, uh, so aggressive, combative. But he is such a good technical player as well. And I think that's what—that's what's key—is that him and Greg Taylor who also had a very good game yes uh, he's been playing well recently who he has been playing very well and I think that's what uh, uh, Michael Cox uh, talked about was their positioning the, uh, the, 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 the different positions they took up and it just caused Rangers havoc
1: let's talk about Rangers before we move on because they were shocking yes Because the first half, you could maybe understand it to a point, because Celtic were just so good that I think anybody would have really had, like even a Rangers team playing well, Mm. would have had a lot of problems dealing with that Celtic team, just the the form that they were on. But the second half, when the impetus is on you to get back in the game, and they were just so, everybody, like, Ryan Kent. What's happened to Ryan Kent? He's just so vanilla now. He doesn't do anything.
0: there. Well, so the warning signs for me, Rangers-wise, I know it's changed because injuries, uh, players are... Being on international uh, break, Belarus, for example, but are... <laughs> taking all the way
1: to Colombia to not play. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, I
0: think it was the, the Livingston game, and their front free was Cedric in, Fashion Sakala and Scott Wright, and they're just like I was kind of like, that's 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 not great. I know that's uh, that's just that's kind of a lot of their backup players in the the, the front free. Uh, the warning signs were there and. Yeah, I think we probably would, if we talked about it, disagreed with the Hearts-Celtic game where I, I thought Hearts were too standoffish. Uh, but I, I felt Rangers are the same. There's a balancing act because, yes, yeah, Celtic were so good and you think, right, if you just go total with them, they are just going to blitz you anyway. It's, it is a balancing act, but I did think Rangers were just far too passive and... You look at Celtic; they just so much pace and energy about them. Rangers looked leggy.
1: Yeah, uh, Rebo looked like a baby deer. Roof was useless. Uh, Diallo was not up for the fight at all. Oh, no. Tavernier's crossing was all over the place. Barisic, Barisic, Jesus! Oh, he knew it as well. Like that, the the.
0: I think it'll be almost an iconic bit of clip of him just sitting down <laughs> before the before uh, before Abad has even got, uh, made contact with the ball because he's,
1: he's realised I've made a no-hunt of it. And yeah, they, they got a bit better after halftime, but they still really, really looked like getting back into the game. Ryan Jack shot for this, this incredible streak. Mm. It was about as close as they really came. And yeah, it was just... Ah, uh, yeah, you're you're right as you said earlier. It never the result never looked in any sort of even like a you know one percent chance of all oh, Rangers get a goal here. You mm. just, it's like after the first five ten minutes, you're like, okay, this this game's done.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not. There's there's definitely uh, warning signs there. There's definitely concerns there, but it's not and it, the result's a disaster because just the nature of the Old Firm is that anytime you lose a game. Whether you're Celtic or Rangers, it is uh, crisis mode and a disaster. But you look at M- Morelos coming back, Ryan Jack coming back to fitness, uh, Aaron Ramsey. Surely sh- sh- you'd expect him to be. I keep forgetting they've signed Aaron Ramsey. Yes, yeah, man, it's men- <laughs> still <laughs> mental. But <like> again, <laughs> you he do. He's like, is he is he going to fall the Joey Barton or Roy Keane trap? It
1: be the bro- Robbie. No. It could be the Robbie Keane, that he's brilliant, but he doesn't make Rangers any better.
0: Oh yeah, forgot about Robbie Keane. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that could be the way, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how he, how Van first fits him into the, the, the team and yeah, it needs to get more out of his, uh, more out of the attackers.
1: Roses are red, violets are blue, don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist men's grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code TERRIS for 20% off and free shipping. January has been and gone. It's a lazy month. It's a month where you can be forgiven for getting behind on your personal hygiene. But it's time now to get everything nice, neat, tidy and smelling fresh. And Manscaped is here for you. With the Performance Package 4.0, you get the Lawnmower 4.0, you get the Weed Whacker, you get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, you get the Crop Reviver Ball Toner and the Manscaped Refined Cologne. There's also two free gifts thrown in, their shared travel bag and their anti-chafing boxer briefs, which, as I've said before, I do rate quite highly and wear often. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code Terrace at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Terrace. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Right, let's move on to the other result I kind of teased earlier, the other kind of eye-catching result from the weekend. St. Johnson, I've won a football game. First time in. I actually
0: I actually looked this up and uh, just didn't make just didn't make of it. So it would have been I think the first. It certainly uh, wasn't against Kilty Harps. No, first league first league win in eleven or
1: twelve potentially. I'm not going to count it, but I'm going to find out when the last one game. The last one gave away to Dundee United on the tenth of. October and that's wow. in all competitions because only had one company yeah. we lost it to uh, League Two side. Wow! So and unbeaten in two games as well. <laughs> you
0: what you watch this game you watch this game in its entirety. I yes. watched the highlights.
1: Were they good? They were better. Um, I'm not so sorry. they weren't good. <laughs> no, no, well, uh, they were the better team for the first half an hour. Uh, okay. Livingston kind of. <sighs> They struggled. Liv Livingston were really poor, I thought, to start this game. some of it may have been with Livingston being uncharacteristically sloppy. Mm. They really seemed to lack a bit of concentration in this game. Um uh, Obelai in particular had an absolute nightmare at the back. Um you like looked like
0: Queen of the South
1: centre-back Obalay, yeah, yeah. And not just in terms of uh, being at fault for, for the winning goal, but also just in the amount of times he sloppily gave the ball away with just bad passes along the the the, the they were back four for Livingston and they were, yes, yeah, but they took a while. They eventually did get into the game and they dominated a lot of the ball. It was a very kind of, it's kind of surprising. It's Although Livingston can't do this, I don't think we should be too surprised, but mm. even more so than normal, they were very much looking to just keep possession as much as possible, knocking the ball from back to front and using the width of the park. But it took them a while to kind of get into that and Really, for St. Johnson point of view, it, the only thing that was really that great was that Callum Hendry played well. I think, and he was often the one responsible for getting them up the park and causing problems. And, yep. and when he was the periods where he was falling out of the game, is when they were falling out of the game.
0: That was going to be my next question: was around Callum Hendry because Craig Anderson. I don't think I seen Hendry when I he was at Kelly, but Craig Anderson certainly was very positive about his impact when he came in and played with Ollie Shaw. I think he was pretty uh, gutted to see him go back to St. John's. Could understand it. Callum Hendry, I'm really glad. From first of all, the the goal itself was great. Just his his build up play, and then then the header itself, getting ahead of Newcastle United target Jack Fitzwater. But it was the um, just the, the manner of it, and I looked at Hendry from. The start of last season, I predicted them to be uh, almost a Lyndon Dykes figure for St. John'son. I thought he had that in his locker, just to be an absolute nuisance, to be a real focal point. This just, just didn't work out from last season, and again when he went on on loan to Aberdeen. So it's good that they found this very encouraging for St. Johnson, that they found this this focal point. I think more so than more so than me. Someone that probably Kane could play with. Someone that Chiffey could play. He he, Callum Hendry is a player that you could play up front of his own or he could fit in with different different type of strikers.
1: Because that's still their game. Still, their game is still about playing direct and getting mm. it forward. It's, even when they weren't knocking it long, they were playing it low directly into the forwards. So it's about their forwards keep making the ball stick and taking the team up the park. And Stevie May wasn't doing it as much as... Steve, Steve, it's just sad to watch Stevie May now. There was a point in the game where he got the ball taken. It, it, it was a counter-attack. It was, it was, in fact, it was one of Obalai's terrible passes. And Stevie May robbed it, and then he kind of ran with the ball to the edge of the box. I think it was two on two. And then Obelai just so easily came across and took it off him. And it was just like, there wasn't any... Like, May wasn't angry. like He wasn't, he didn't look gutted. He wasn't frustrated with himself. It was just kind of like, oh, this is what happens to <laughs> me now. It was just so depressing. Except, acceptance. I've got a new... I've got a theory here. For Stephen May, because I'm still, I'm not giving up hope. <laughs> <laughs> One day he'll be back in the Premier League scoring goals regularly. But what I think he needs to do, I think he should go down a level, or maybe even so. Two. D-
0: what he needs to do is uh, when he went on loan to uh, Alloa and, and just, then uh, Hamilton but, as well, and Aki's as well. I thought he went on loan at Akis and so he needs that to find his
1: yeah. Rediscover his mojo, get his mm-hmm. confidence back in front of goal. Just do the simple thing of putting the ball in the back of the net.
0: So uh, yeah, the, the the game against Hearts recently, um, I actually forgot. He was even on the pitch until he had this, and he had an effort in the second half and it was just it was just tame. Like an acceptance of
1: defeat. One thing I will say about looking at St. Johnson that I think are improvements is that um is it Dan? What's his name? Cleary. Dan Cleary, yeah. Dan Cleary. He's I thought he was a little bit at fault for the goal and uh, I said this kind of when he came in uh, having had a look at him when myself and Tony did in the sign podcast that he looked like a kind of discount Jason Kerr. Mm-hmm. That he was good with the ball but um, the fact that he was coming in from um, is it the League of Ireland is that what it's called? The League so, Irish yeah. League. That... He probably wouldn't be defensively as defensively solid as Jason Kerr, and I think that's proven already. But he did get them up the park well with a few kind of decent balls into Hendry that made mm. it kind of easier for St. John to make the ball stick. That was his. was his. assist. Yes, and Melker Harborg, I thought, had a decent game as well, not without being brilliant, but he just seems to add a little bit extra, just a little bit extra movement. Like he doesn't. Like, I was watching him. And he's as in running. Yeah, well, not not necessarily running, but just in terms of actual like quickness of movement from side to side. Like put it this way, he looked like a player in his early twenties, as opposed to something in their early thirties. okay, that's because uh, it, it, it's funny because when
0: I seen the when Hel- got announced by by St Johnston, I seen a couple of mess, a uh, couple of tweets that said is exactly the type of player we need, and that's when the red flag started dropping. <laughs> So you, you need a do you need a mediocre uh, <laughs> centre midfielder and then you're thinking yeah because he's better than poor centre midfielders and I think that was a big uh, concern of St Johnson fans was the kind of the average age I think just Tommy Wright did really well to bring it down and mm-hmm. it certainly was creeping back up in terms of signing profiles of players who were playing especially in the centre midfield where Scottish football you need you need legs as well as experience.
1: Yeah, to kind of go... to of I've said all I've got to say on St. John's. Other than the fact that Glenn Middleton came on and probably one of his best performances of the season coming off the bench in this one, he, he made a difference and was involved in the, the winning goal as well and uh, made the winning goal. And the comparison between him and Joe Newble coming off the bench, uh, as I'm down on Google is... John Newell,
0: yeah, yeah, has that. I've noticed that before. I had to have had to double check that. I don't know if it's Jonathan's uh, his middle name.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he goes by John. I don't know. But I'm call him Joel. So uh, he because he on He was good against Hibs. I watched their mm-hmm. game against Hibs, he, even though I didn't have to to cover it or anything, or I wasn't on the podcast, so just because Hibs are now the team that I cover as much as Hearts now. So I'm just kind of keeping abreast of them. I'm also going to the Hibs at game game this Saturday, even though I'm not working. No, oh. uh, I'm getting a free season ticket, so yeah. I've got nothing else to do. Might as well go uh, quietly to on <laughs> Okay, okay. No, i he not have sides, Don't uh, out me, please. <laughs> Don't want to get battered. Uh, so, yeah, he came on and he was often played well against Hibs. He was really poor and then got sent off. And whereas Middleton, you know, gave St. Johnson the boost off the bench that they kind of required. It's so actually something we'll get on to talk about that later when we talk about the Harps-Hibs game. I felt the, the subs in that game kind of made a kind of similar impact mm. as well. But uh, just a final word on Livingston. Yeah, just kind of... They've been played well recently. Just a really kind of poor game all round. I didn't think any of kind of... Considering how they've been performing recently, I don't think Omionga, Holt or Pittman had particularly good games. And it was just a that They still kept the ball quite well, as I said. But just kind of... Yeah, lacking a bit of something. Just maybe standards have slipped ever so slightly given their recent run.
0: Go- going by... So I came into this going by the highlights and the stats that's uh, that's the stats I've seen which had uh, St. Johnston's XG higher, had their possession and just the way they kept the ball basically a lot better and also the highlights that Alan Forrest looked very dangerous He was good he looked very dangerous and I think I don't know obviously he was on almost moved to St Johnson an offer accepted so it was suggested that Livy were relatively happy to not relatively happy but quite content for him to move on but it was good to see him have a impact again and the fact is that they were actually very close to getting a draw, despite St. Johnson scoring so late on.
1: Yes, Nicky Devlin hitting the post. That was it was created by Forrest uh, after yeah. St. Johnson really poorly dealing with a, a high ball over the top and then everybody just seems to get caught under the ball and then everybody goes towards the ball and nobody... Ali Crawford spots Devlin, but it's a bit too late by that point. Actually, that was one point I wanted to make before we move on. Ali Crawford, I don't think he played well, but we know from his time at Hamilton, he can score goals. He can make goals. At this point... St. Johnson probably needs somebody who is not necessarily going to be a seven out of ten every week, but can be a five out of ten and get you a goal. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. He's, he's, I think St. Johnson fans, they'll, they'll be well aware of this. I'm not going to
0: say them, but Ali Crawford is not Ali McCann. Uh, <laughs> very, very different players. But yeah, you seen him with Hamilton. He, he was almost he was a talisman for Hamilton just because he came up with those
1: big moments rather than uh, consistent performances. Yes. Right, let's move on to the game in Dingwall, Ross County. One, oh, do we have to one? <laughs> you watch this one, Joe?
0: Fucking hell!
1: <laughs> Not a good game. Oh,
0: it was a, just it was just one big foul. <laughs> <laughs> it was so so normally normally uh, normally Dar- I like football. <laughs> yeah, uh, normally Edinburgh derbies are ve- very very fouly uh-huh. as, as in nature. I think there was twenty six fouls on Tuesday. There were forty-three Jesus. in the Ross County game. His second half got a wee bit better, but oh Alan, I think I'm sure it was Alan Muir there was a the ref, just blew for everything. It was just such such a stop start game and there was no flow to it. I really did, did did ruin it. And you look at the energetic nature of both
1: sides, but ah, it was it was it was frustrating. Who 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 do you want to start with first? Uh, let's go for county. They've been on a, a decently. Uh, they, they, they're still looking. <laughs> they're still looking good. <laughs> I don't know so, know <laughs> so
0: county. I'm sure I've mentioned this before in the podcast. The, the, they are a weird side for me because the team i always try and uh, look out for recently and try and watch because they've been doing so well. They've got a few of the old informed players. Got Reagan Charles Cook, but then watched the highlights against Dunn united and i thought they looked pretty good they lost and then i've seen them a few times out in the season and they've uh, not w- when they were going on their winless run then pick
1: up the win and they thought they were pretty i thought they were pretty good to watch yeah i watched the, the united game they were they were good in the second half i think they were a bit unlucky to lose mm. that one
0: yeah i, I, I go my head I, I, I agree but then recently i've watched them and kind of going in with high expectations and not really not really delivered you can see why they are out of threat. They've got so much energy. They are really good on the break. Uh, I was actually quite impressed with Dominic Samuel. Uh, just it was a nuisance factor. Uh, it was really good movement to kind of compliment Jordan White, who, who was guilty of fouling a <laughs> lot. Fouling. Just, the, again, the nature of his build <laughs> and his awkwardness and, dare I say, um, oafishness. Uh, Charles Cook and Hungbo—they're just two two great players for getting you up the pitch. And but probably the, the the player I was most impressed with was Callahan. He was played in a deeper role, uh, but he was he was everywhere. So Tilson Tilson sat uh, mopped up, but Callahan was just a uh, just a bundle of energy. He was. It was everywhere, and it was it was, was quite progressive with uh, on the ball. So it wasn't just it wasn't just about his energy about running around charging around. He was he um, was supporting play well, but he was also also using the ball well. Uh, the two I quite like the the left back Vulcans as well. He's quite a quite a steady player, but he's seen it with uh, the goal. Aberdeen scored, it came down the right hand side. Ramsey, he was, I think he got subbed at half time. He got subbed for Conor Randall, so two minutes of like three minutes on the pitch. Conor Randall outpaced by Johnny Hayes. Uh, Keith Watson coming across, who I don't think had a good game, and then uh, not getting anywhere into Johnny Hayes. And he's scoring past uh, Past Laidlaw. So I do think there's well, a similar hind- problem. Hind- they were hindered.
1: It's a similar problem with Ross County. It's like it was like the Dundee night game, it's, uh, this game as well, is that you just look at their defense, it's similar to Dundee as well. You just look at their defense. Uh, Calvin Ramsey taking off at half-time. Conor Randall replaces him. Uh, Keith Watson, he just Christ, he's still a set-half at the top-flight level. Captain. Alex, Alex Iacoviti, not very good. Uh, Voikens, yeah, you think he's steady enough. I'm not impressed, but they don't have good defenders. No, and, they, uh, I think it, that... It's stopping them from winning games. Yeah, because you look at it, they've scored... I think they've... Uh, they have scored the...
0: They scored 35, they've scored 35, so... Only Celtic and Rangers have scored more goals than Ross County. In the entire league. Oh wow! Which is,
1: uh, <laughs> I think, which, which says a lot. No one's con- again. No one's conceded more. So you can look at that. I was, that, that, I was that, scared that, for a second there because I was sure I wrote last week that Hearts had the third highest goals in the league. But I'm just looking. They, they did last. They week. did. They did last week. Yeah, <laughs> they did last week. But
0: yeah, you can see there's there's two very different sides to uh, sides to Ross County. They're a team that can they can score goal, score goals, make it uncomfortable for defences, turn defences which uh, was a big thing, and uh, can it take exploit exploit space really well. But yeah, defence. I thought yeah, when I've seen Yakiviti, I thought he's been better than he has was last season. But the combination, the
1: collective defensively, there's uh, just not strong enough. No,
0: yeah, just not. And if they had, enough.
1: and if they had like a, a defence that Ross County had in the past, like if you think of Andrew Davis and his kind of prime Ross County alongside Marcus Fraser, if they had that defence along with this attack. County could be a top six side. They they could be if they had boys. They would be a European side, but that's just just not the case. Aye, Manly had boys. Yep. Aberdeen, uh, oh, number of problems. Aberdeen. The Stephen Glass's manager being the uh,
0: main one. I mean, it's it's, it's not looking
1: great. <laughs> I was at the diplomatically put. I was. I was. I was. At oh yeah, I forgot your Dave Cormack man now. <laughs> I was at the
0: St Mirren game, um, covering it for the, uh, for the Scotsman, and one of the worst performances of the season uh, from a team. Dear. Uh, just speaking, uh, just getting a kind of flavour of what Aberdeen fans thought, they, they, I think it was by far the worst performances uh, of the season. I can understand why. They just had no... No intent, and they've got a real problem on the road. I think they. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how that game changes it. But going into that game, they were heading for the worst. Def- uh, away perf- uh, first away uh, form since the season they finished bottom of the league in nineteen ninety nine two thousand. Jesus, that's how poor it is. Only I think only Dundee. Um, yeah, only Dundee have got a worse away perform uh, away record. Sorry, that's what word I was looking for. Away record on um, this season. You look at, before looking at the game, you look at the the, the, the transfer, the, the transfer business they've done. So they've brought in Dante Povara from America, very highly rated, come through the college system. By all accounts, I think it was quite a bit of interest around Europe, uh, forum, uh, very, very, like I said, high, very highly regarded in, in America, but glass asked him recently it was like when when's he going to be involved and it's it like well, he's had had an injury he'll be, uh, weeks away it was like it, basically the answer the tone of it just said suggests he's not really in his thoughts and they sh- certainly in the short term then the, the the focus was certainly keeping ramsey improving the attack or certainly bringing players for the attack so they brought in uh, Vicente, a Vinte virtuallycher his surname Bezajun. Just yeah, it, just not. just say it quickly, and <laughs> you are going into the final few days thinking, right, they'll probably add another because Marley Watkins is injured. If they sell Ryan Hedges with a couple of days to go, that they got two hundred grand, right? Like, okay, definitely bring another uh, another player, whether it's um, a wide player or another striker. It comes and goes, and they brought an Adam Montgomery on loan before, and you think maybe play at left back. He was on the bench. John Hayes started at left back. Jack McKenzie came on at left back to put uh, John Hayes in the, uh, the wide position. They're playing Funzo Oyo as a wide player. Funzo Oyo, I think he's, he's a versatile player. He's useful in certain situations. He's not a wide player uh, That for a team that should be pushing for European football. So, against County, you had uh, Vicente on one wing, and then it was almost, certainly first half, almost like a hybrid of Ojo and Ferguson, mm-hmm. taking turns to kind of, uh, drift out left, but largely, they were just moving in, in field. So, just basically, John Hayes had that whole left side, and then Vicente was on, on the right. He looked okay, but there was just, I just thought there was just little bits of problems with Aberdeen throughout. Their build-up was too slow. I think uh, that they do try and play it from the back, but I don't think they are quite good enough or sharp enough to do that yet. They had both had... So you had Ferguson playing coming in from the left, Scott Brown and Dylan McGeoch, all three of these players, especially Ferguson, uh, Ferguson something these added to his game, all three of those players want to go and collect the ball from defence. So it, it just seemed like overkill And there. Teddy Jenks was brought on at time. Christian Ramirez. I've... Uh, I I I expressed my doubts early season because I I thought he's a good finisher. I'm not sure about he's the rest of his game and you see all eight of his all eight of his premiership goals have been scored within the box is uh, I, I looked at it just I think looking at our strikers uh, xg suggests um gives you a good idea of are they getting a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, his recently has been like zero uh, for Rangers game was zero um the county game was 0.03 uh, the St Mirren game he was the highest at 0.19 so th- 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 this suggests just, he's, not getting, he's not getting chances yeah, he's, he's not getting a, service yeah, he's not getting service he's a striker that thrives on service and he, he doesn't get it I think he's limited in build up so then you've got this big gap where you've got McGeoch Brown at the, uh, with the deepest and then Oyo and Ferguson come in field. but you've not got like a Ryan Hedges, figures that come in and feel and Lincoln, Lincoln play. It just it was very disjointed, and again, just a, a, another poor performance. And for a fair bit of investment this window and the window previously, because I think they spent a decent amount of money on Vicente, uh, they have
1: got a squad that uh, strikes me as lopsided or unbalanced. Right, let's move on to Motherwell against St Mirren, The other one-all draw from Wednesday night. This was a kind of an intriguing, of an intriguing tactical battle. Nah, you sound like you put on your Sky Sports
0: hat of the EPL there and <laughs> describing a really <laughs> shit game.
1: Yeah, I didn't enjoy this. I quite enjoy the, uh, I quite enjoy I didn't enjoy this as much, um, but. There just wasn't as much kind of football played in this one. It was. Just I, I I am shocked. Uh, I'm shocked by that. <laughs> St. Mirren St. signing, who have already got Alan Power.
0: Uh, actually, uh, um, that's, that's harsh because I think he's a very good player. Uh, bringing in Alex Gogic and Motherwell playing with one attacking player.
1: Yes. Who'd uh, have thunk it? Motherwell were, were decent, though, and Motherwell should have been ahead uh, in the first half. And were the better team, probably. Kind of comfortably the better... Well, not comfortably, but um, undeniably the better team for 75 minutes, I would say. And then St. Munn really could kind have of came on and then scored. And then Motherwell equalised at the end. But it was it was interesting how they played Motherwell because they were really tight, their, their system. So, uh, just, just bring it up there, I, I, it was like one of the games I watched highlights.
0: Did they play with a back three?
1: Yes, they played with a back three. Uh, they also had two banks of four in mid... Sorry, two banks of four. Two banks of two in midfield. So they had sitting. Um, it would Slattery been, Donnelly. No, it was Liam Donnelly, and who was the other midfielder that I've not mentioned yet. Slattery Goss Shaw. Shaw. It was Shaw and Donnelly, uh, and it is this kind of sitting two, and then it was Goss and Slattery as the forward two, and uh, so they were very narrow playing with a three at the back. Saint Mirren, I kind of. Th- you kind of think some should eat that up. St Mirren started with Jordan Jones, uh, who must have been making his debut on the left, mm-hmm. and Jay Henderson on the right. Jay Henderson, uh, the last time I was on the show, was had a very good game against United. That was kind of one of the big reasons why they, they defeated them. So it should have been about some absolutely killing him on the flanks, because i have also got Richard Tate going forward from left-back. And you know, Marcus is not much of an attacker, but he can at least go forward and, and help create overloads. That really didn't happen at all during the game. In fact, it was more the only really times I saw the, the, the wings being much of a factor was when Motherwell would have the. Motherwell would draw out the fullback. So I think it was one point, uh, one of the chances for Motherwell in the first half, Richard Tate got very close to Stephen O'Donnell, who was playing wing back for Motherwell, and Calm Slattery attacked the space in behind him. And they also had a bit of joy on the other side as well. Goss had three shots in the first half, three chances. He actually looked, uh, surprisingly enough, fairly at home in that kind of more advanced um, position. He moved back uh, on 40 minutes after Shaw was injured. And then they brought on Ryan Tierney instead, mm. who's more of a natural number 10. So he played there instead. But that was uh, I was surprised. Really, the only thing that St Mirren did up until kind of near the end of the game was... Either through Conor Ronan, who had some mistakes in the match, but also played reasonably well, and, and was the only kind of kind of creative outlet they really had, or they had a free kick. Dead. Tate had a, Tate had a header that was a great save from Liam Kelly, could mm. kind of clause it for the goal. But that just comes from Samman just knocking a long ball forward that Kilty ran onto, and Jake Carroll stupidly gave away a foul, and that was it. Really, Samman really didn't have a lot to do in this game. Motherwell should have been. The mother could have been out of sight before it got down to the last 10 minutes. But St Mirren did make a change. They went really narrow themselves. Because they took off Jones, they took off Henderson, they brought in Ryan Flynn and Lee Irwin. At this point, I was trying to figure out what the hell they were playing, because it didn't look like they had anybody on the right. I think Kilty was supposed to be on the right, but he just looked like he was still playing through the centre. So Fraser was kind of the most attacking outlet. But, and on the left, I think it was... I think it was Ronan on the left, so it just looked really narrow. But then that kind of helped them pick up a lot more of the loose balls that they weren't getting early in the game. When Motherwell can dominate in a lot of that kind of midfield territory with having the the four players in there, and then they had the kind of two chances. Um, Flynn was he he drove the ball forward for Marcus. Uh, he drove the ball forward and played it to Ronan for the corner that led to Marcus Fraser's chance, and then he forced the corner with a, a great shot that was well saved by. Uh, by Kelly before Goggich scored the header. And then to, to top it off, uh, who cares about all these fancy shapes and stuff when at the end of the game you can just stick Bevis McGavie up front?
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the goal, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it
1: does it, it sound like a shit game. The, <laughs> uh, the goal itself. I, I suppose it was a bit of a franticness there, but one reason I didn't enjoy it as well is that I've, I've ragged on Ross County for this, but someone really needed. The, the camera angle's terrible. And and, the low. Ah, and because of the names on the back of their shirts, it's fucking hard to tell who these Roskett, who these emerging players are. So I was stopping it so many times. and just looking back and winding back and back until I could get to a point where I could see the number and then follow the action for there. Is that him?
0: Boots. That's that. That's how you tell them. Okay. But the the, the equalising goal, Richard Tate obviously gets uh, picked bodies by Willery. Willery slips over. Does it mean to pass it to Tierney and Tierney's Slev uh, Great finish.
1: Great finish at the, uh, the top of the net. But I mentioned and Mugabe because Mugabe was put up front and I know that Graham bemoaned this at the time but he had a shot that was saved by Anik and then he also yeah, it's Tate's fault but Mugabe comes from nowhere where it looks like Suburna are about to clear to actually keep that attack alive. <laughs> He hustles and, and, and keeps the ball up there and then takes an awesome thing. He he
0: has. I don't think he's going to win. It. I think there's someone else that's uh, that's primed to win it. And his name's uh, gone in my head. But the most improved player in the in the league, he's, he's certainly a contender.
1: Uh, Reagan Charles Cook is the one's going to win. Reagan Charles Cook. I knew there's.
0: I knew there's a complete obvious one. But yeah, uh, the only thing I was disappointed in the highlights didn't show fully. Apparently the. Motherwell fans going on the pitch and uh, St Mirren fans are like confronting St Mirren fans as well. So unfortunately, that um, that oh, did not get shown.
1: I, I didn't see that. I think yeah. I might have stopped it as soon as the goal went, and I was running out of time.
0: I think Graham, uh, Graham certainly mentioned something like that. And there was, on the highlights, they did cut with uh, to the Motherwell fans, and a lot of them were just running down the front, and then there was just booing. So I'm just imagining that's, the, that's when the fans were on the pitch. I wanted to see that. Scenes we like to see.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's move away for this one and move on to mm-hmm. the Edinburgh Derby, the first of our two nil nils. Hearts nil. Sorry, Hibs nil, hearts nil. We should get in the right order. Despite being a nil nil, I quite enjoyed this game.
0: Yes, I can see where I can see we came from. i was coming from the. I think it's. I think it, that reasoning helps when the Edinburgh
1: Derby's have been so shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's I, not a It's I not high bar. I wondered that before. Whether my standards are just so low, but yes, there was very little football being played. However, there was a lot of counter attacks, and there was still like there was still some decent performances. I thought within yeah. there. I don't yeah. think everybody was like rubbish. Like no, it has been in the past.
0: Yeah, I think I think there was uh, there was moments of football. Uh, both teams tried to uh, tried to play. I think it was a good battle uh, that you, what you want in derby. It was it was physical, decent atmosphere. There were chances on both sides. Um, yeah, it could easily, have ended, it could easily have ended up two each for it's, example. It, it, yeah, it, it's kind of similar to the derby, the first derby of the season, where mm-hmm. both keepers had really good uh, really good games. This was more about both. Teams, you know, probably a bit more wasteful than keepers
1: having great games. Because Dabrowski got a lot of credit. I don't think there was Mm. any save. Maybe his. The save he makes from Sims, where he rushes off his line. That's that's the best save of the lot. It was. And. But none There's, of them are none of them are really saves. I think mm, you would be like, "Oh my god, what a save that
0: and is And there was one certainly the one in the first half from Boyce, very unorthodox. So you all got away with that uh, big time mm-hmm. when he just pammed it straight back. It was straight back, back to, to Sims. Sims. Uh, again, it was a difficult ch- uh, chance for Sims. But yeah, I thought it was. Um, I didn't think it was. I didn't think he had. I can understand. I understand why he got man of the match, but. I don't think he was
1: man no he match. wasn't there was for me there were two better players than him defensively anyway uh, Ryan just yep. for Hibs yep. and Toby Civic for Hart yep. uh, so
0: I had to do player ratings for both sides and I thought Toby Civic was Hart's best player uh, yes I, I, absolutely uh, and Stephen Kingsley as well but I gave him uh, a
1: 9.5 to
0: Civic <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh people are mad people are going to reply to me with not being happy with you uh, on social media um but I thought Stephen Kingsley was excellent again. But he, he it's was. like it's just Kingsley that you just there's almost like an expectation that he is generally eight, nine out of ten most weeks. But you just think seven just because you you're so used to he's been solid.
1: He, what 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 did, what did you give uh, Atkinson? Uh, I give him a seven. I was going to give him an eight, but then when he started to get roasted by Demi Mitchell, I give him a seven. I give him a five. Uh, I, I, what? Thought he, I thought, yeah. So I
0: thought he struggled. Oh, I've got a lot of heat for this. Don't you worry. I got a lot of heat for this. I thought he struggled. I thought he struggled with the pace of the game. He looked, he looked heavy legged as the game uh, wore on. He definitely I did I thought that. he made, uh, I thought he made, he gave it away, gave the ball away um, too much. Uh, his crossing was erratic, and I thought. Josh I've actually thought Josh Doy gave him more of a hard time than than, than Mitchell um, but again further away <laughs> but it's, it's, it's one of those trying to judge 20 like 20 oh, essentially 26 however however, me came on it was it was difficult it was because four on
1: each side so that is 30 players but brutal brutal but yeah you know it's easier just
0: give them all, every kind of six <laughs> six aye that's fine they're were, they were alright and move on
1: give, give two of them a seven yeah
0: <laughs> Just, 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 keep it straight in the middle. Move on. Don't have an opinion. Uh, but yeah, I was, I, I came into the match, put my hearts, uh, my, my my fan hat on. I was coming at the match, uh, fearful um, of a passive performance, which at times I thought it was in the first, first half. half. Yeah, I, again I thought it was a slow, a slow start. Uh, Barry McKay made as many passes as Craig Gordon and I think that kind of just summed up parts they never got him on the ball anywhere near as uh, as as much as they, they should have I thought Hibbs for the first 30, 35 minutes thought they maybe not by far the better team but I thought they were the better better side Yeah, Dur-
1: During that period Joe Newell was excellent he kind of fell off in the second half hmm. uh, and he just seemed to want to get booked uh, before he eventually got injured And Chris Mueller I thought looked decent enough early on he really faded for things Dodge started off well and then completely lost the battle in the second half with Civic. So yeah, Hibs just kind of faded. But then, then I, I kind of teased this earlier. I thought the Hibs end. I thought the reason the game Hibs ended it on top for like the last 10, 15 was because their subs made with the exception of Dre Wright who was pish there was, a, there was a boy there was a boy in,
0: uh, so I was in the, we were both in the press world, I don't know if you've seen him uh, so we were just in the hospitality front when Wright was kind of being brought on he lost his shit he was going absolutely mental and I was like, give him a chance and he came on I was like
1: you're right mate you we were, were right he, was, he Terrible. was bad he was the worst player on the pitch uh, but the other Hib subs I thought made a decent impact Josh Campbell Ewan Henderson was very good when he came Henderson on and, and Demi Mitchell uh, was Uh, brought an extra kind of spark. that He was brought on through injury problems, but they didn't lose anything from that. Hart's only sub you could say that they got anything from was Cochran coming on for Halliday because Halliday had already been booked and was making a couple of mistakes. The rest of them, Woodburn, You you can chuck chuck Woodburn in with a Jay Wright performance. Ah, he was... (laughs) Um, Ginelli did nothing. uh, And I think the last one was Peter Harran and that was an injury time.
0: It was... So the fear where Hibs I think got a lot of joy in the first half was basically they managed to get the ball wide and especially Chris Cadden. He watched the Levy game, see most big chunk of the Levy game, and I thought it was excellent against Livingston. And when you have Halliday, who I think there's a place at Halliday in that heart squad, but I don't think it is as a left back against a powerful right wing back mm-hmm. who, who is very good at running in straight lines and I did think the the, the way he combined with Muller and potentially Jake Dow Hayes and Nisbet was helping every now and then and I thought that's, that they got a lot of joy from that but they didn't make the most of it uh, you, you talked about Muller I thought he was showed flashes but again probably tried to do too much uh, made the wrong decisions Kevin Nisbet I really like Kevin Nisbet and I thought he started really well but when I say he started really well he got into good positions or he linked play and then when he got into those good positions rubbish Mm -hmm. like everything everything he uh, touched turned to jobby because he was there was there was there was one moment I think summed up and it was probably the first one was when he got into the box early on ball felt his left foot and you think a confident Kevin Nisbet it's a good uh, it's, it's a good angle hit across Craig Gordon and it's probably a goal but he hesitated and then tried to bring it on to his right and then all the momentum of attack just 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 lost. And I think that probably just summed up summed up Kevin Nisbet. Deutsch, I I w wouldn't say he was as good as you made him out to begin with. Uh I, I just think he's still he still looks like a player um finding his feet af- after injury. There was what was the, the going back to last midweek against Motherwell. He had a great chance and just like take a touch and finish and he just mm-hmm. blazed over the bar. So yeah, I think <sighs> Yeah, Hibs are Hib, I think Hibs are very much a work in progress. Yes, and which makes Hearts's uh, lack of lack of I don't know. I think
1: they were taken by surprise for Hibs as well. Yeah. If you looked at how Hibs played against Livingston, they didn't play like that at all.
0: No, no. They were up and at Hearts. They weren't.
1: Yeah. They weren't trying to just knock the ball around and, and kind of do a kind of leaf version of Tiki Taka. Yeah, uh, Tiki Taka. Just, just, just pass between the three centre backs. <laughs> Speaking of which, Rocky Bashiri was great the first half, and Jesus Christ, he had the poor second half.
0: Ah, it was weird. I think just the just nature of the uh, Edinburgh derby, uh, Benigni as well. I thought overall
1: we had a great game. Benigni was great until he clearly tired in the last 20 to 30 minutes, I, and it didn't make any sense to me why he played the full ninety against Motherwell. He, he there was I, I think
0: there was like a fifteen. There was definitely a fifteen minute spell where it just like like Rocky just everything started going wrong. It's <laughs> everything started going wrong from. But yeah, I think from a hearts from a hearts fan perspective, it was it was point, Yeah, Hibbs probably didn't. Uh, Hibbs played a different style than you probably expect them to. But for me, looking at a team, it just lacked it lacked pace. Uh, Sims, I thought it was terrible in the first half, and then opposite, he was really good in the, the yeah. second when he, he kind of found his touch and he started to go beyond and stretch the game. Uh, and it allowed Liam Boyce to kind of drop deeper pick up Boyce, I, I
1: thought Boyce was a massive reason why Hearts picked up in the second half. I thought he was really good until he, again, clearly tired uh, late on. Yeah.
0: He? I just think I just think Sims is going to be a handful um, until he gets found out like most Hearts strikers do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, let's move on to our final game. Let's only do five minutes on this because neither of us have watched it and it finished 0-0. Uh, 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 was it any good? I don't know. Dundee, Dundee United, Joel. You've You've got a lot of notes from it. So, what? Uh, watching the highlights, like,
0: well, this is uh, this is a look like a, a great game. But um, uh, an associate who was there uh, was pretty happy with it, um, as, from a neutral point of view. Uh, I think, I think there's 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 two. So who do you want to go? Who do you want to talk through first? Uh, Dundee because they're bottom now. Dundee, yeah. So. I think there's encouraging uh, encouraging signs the the right, but they've they finally got a competent right back. Uh, it seems uh, Vontae Daly Campbell, brought in from Leicester City on loan, he was like, he was pretty good. I think he's given them a bit of um, a presence at right back, someone who can go both ways, uh, powerful, uh, and it probably means that they don't have to play Christy Elliott. Uh, Christy Elliott ever again um they, I think this is a, a, a done detail I think see if see if they had Ruddon and Cam maybe uh, Campbell in a few days before or if they had a game before now then probably Ruddon probably would have started and we would looked like a more a more complete team but they did have the... I think they had the better team larger had the better chances. There were you can't accuse James McPake of not um trying to win games, quite an uh, uh feels quite an attacking team. Um Niall McGinn looked like the Niall McGinn. you're kinda of used to playing on the left hand side, cutting into his right and delivering really um really dangerous really dangerous balls. Ruddin for me is the interesting one because I've never been sure on him but I'm not seeing him as much as the likes of uh, Craig Anderson has this season because he's uh, what he supports a championship team and (laughs) um, and and Sean as well who's you've seen quite a lot of him that they've certainly Sean has noticed his progress or his development uh, him and uh, uh, Telfer have mentioned that and it does seem that there's going to be a player there because I think Winston Johnson were linked with him I was like if you're Kind of relying on Zach Rods to come out and get you for uh, Premiership uh, relegation battle. I think you've got really big issues, but I think that's maybe me being um, ignorant. And I think by all accounts, he'll come in and make Dundee better. I mean, he can't do much worse than Griffiths and Jason Cummins S- Sheridan did this season. Mm-hmm. Or oh, you could be like as well. <laughs> yeah, you could be like as well. Yeah, that's it. Um, I just I think he's, he's <clears throat> he's a pest, which is I think it was a massive bonus for a striker. But more to it than that is you look at part of this one, you'd expect okay, Brian played when he played with Brian Graham Brian Graham would be the focal point, but it's actually Ruddin was. His movement's really good. His um, so he's a kind of pest in the Danny Mullen mode, but he could score goals. Yeah, I think I think he's pest in Danny Mullen mode, but he's just a better player, yeah. a more more rounded player. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how. Um, how that develops the, the defensively, the, the real issues with Dundee uh, between it's always kind of flip flop between them and Ross County for the worst defence in the league. They are still waiting on Zeno and Rossi I think that's paperwork with FIFA again. See, I don't think he was that great at Kelly, but Sweeney, I've <laughs> he's had his moments this season, but I think he is in their best set, uh, best centre back partnership, and he was he was fantastic.
1: Sorry, I was uh, reading something who was fantastic. <laughs> Sweeney. 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 Ah, yes, uh, he got a lot of praise, I saw. And also, and let's switch it to Dundee United now, so did Ross Graham, which uh, Dunfermline fans, I think, will be a bit surprised by. Yeah, so I I messaged, I messaged
0: uh, Telford and Sean and asked, like, does this, this Ross Graham is this the one that was getting absolute panned at East End Park? And it, it seemed, seemed there was a the case, but he was, according to Craig Cairns, I'll, I'll just say what Craig Cairns uh, described him, um, where is it? It was uh, Graham was was very good, uh, very good both as a defender and on the ball. Because I, I thought maybe he'd just be a meat and, a meat and potatoes uh, center back, but no, he's he's essentially gone in there and been and, and been very good. The big issue, I mean, the big issue with United is scoring. So Tony Watt, Tony Watt's come in. They've uh, they 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 paid they paid handsom handsomely for him in terms of weekly wage and you're thinking right come in you're going to be the the goal scorer we need However, he's been fielded, and naturally, Tony Watts as a player naturally drifts to left. He did that with Motherwell, but I think you need to give him that license. To yes, don't do, stick him on the just left. Just yeah, don't stick him on the left. Since he's came in, how many shots in the four league games? How many? Sh- uh, I think it's four, four league games he's played for
1: United. How many shots do you think he has had? I looked oh. this up on I looked this up on well, I'm gonna guess it's low, but I would say that normally he should have in four games. If he was a Motherwell player, he would have about nine or ten shots. Two. <laughs> that's pretty bad. According
0: to Wise Scout, he has had two shots. Oh my! That's, that's
1: no use. But no. <laughs> why? So we, why he, we signed the top at the time? The top goal scored a league and played them as a winger.
0: It's, it baffles me because going into going into the final day of the season, it's going into the final day of the transfer window. Sorry, I was looking at what Dundee United needed to do. Giando Fox is away so they've they brought in they've brought in two midfielders Kevin McDonald and uh, Akinola from Arsenal mm-hmm. I don't know I, I can't confess to know much about Akinola but they need someone who to take the creative burden or someone to be a consistent creative uh, outlet because at the moment they've got Tony Watt who is their best creator and best finisher but he is unable to be and I know he's improved a lot over uh, recent, uh, recent years and found a um, kind of found his found a place for himself in the Scottish football but even he can't be in two places uh, at once and essentially you've got Tony Watt who is a very very good player creating chances for Mark McNulty <laughs>
1: On Nicky. Oh, he didn't create it, it was Niskanen created it.
0: Yeah, or, Nicky Clark you know. missed a couple of chances. But Nicky Clark has shown he's, he, he, I think he's a patchy, a patchy goal scorer. Yes. And there's a wee bit more, a bit more to, him, to, to his game. But yeah, I I just don't like, I don't like the balance of United's, United's attack. I think they've got, they've got plenty of defenders to be uh, optimistic about. They've got uh, one of the best goalkeepers in league who I don't think he's had the best the the best run off at the past month but he's still come up with some uh, some big saves and then you've got a midfield who is definitely a workman like can keep the ball um but i just it's getting the getting getting into that final third um going from a, a basically just a team that can that can create chances and, and score goals, and just on United. They just put me off watching them because I think they're hard to watch in the final third.
1: Right, that'll do us. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining me, Joe. Oh, you're welcome. And we are now going to record a Patreon because ever since Andy and Sean's uh, ter- terrific podcast, a uh, very important podcast as mm-hmm. well, on the Wraith Rovers signing off David Goodwillie and why. They uh, very uh, camp measured and, and calmly put forward their reasons why it was a horrendous uh, decision by the club and in a way that I kept their emotions in check that I'm not sure I would have been able to if I was on the show. Uh, the two of them are obviously Rovers fans, um, but there has been a development since then. Wraith uh, Rovers have said that they were wrong. And David Goobaly's not going to play for them, but they have signed him to a two-and-a-half-year deal already, so there's stuff to work out there. So me and Joe are going to talk about the latest developments, and also kind of get into some of the, kind of, like, rhetorics around this story, because there's, there's some, kind of, fucking idiots that one... <laughs> appeared on Twitter today that that arguments I want to I want to cut down so, is, is that one of them Craig is, is, that, is that tweet I'm showing you one of them I would prefer not to speak
0: <laughs> it's uh, you'll be getting uh, if you do you will be getting invited back on that podcast
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah so if you listen to that, it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast that'll be going on the £2 per month tier so how can you argue with that it's a bargain right thank you very much for listening and for the weekend I hope you enjoy your football cheers good bank. Podcast Network.